You're going to stand and clap? <laughs> Sit down. Wait till the end. Okay, get back up and let's go. Let's go. Make it rowdy in here. Come on. All right. Sit down. That's ridiculous. Hey, everybody, take 15 seconds and get your phone out, right? Get your phone out. Open up whatever app you want to open up and just get that fixed for 15 seconds. Go ahead and scroll through your crap and check out your Insta G's. Look at your email. Just get your phone out, okay? Get, get that out of your system. Oh, that feels good. Five seconds left. All right. Lock your phone. Shut it off. All right? On three, one, two, three. Click off. Now put the phone underneath your chair or in your pocket or somewhere where you're not going to use it if you want. You don't have to do this. I'm just telling you, uh, when God calls Moses to come up on the mountain, he says, come up the mountain. And then he says it again, and be on the mountain. And in your life, in the busyness of your life, if you're like me, you can be geographically present, but mentally absent. And if you're not in this room, in this room with us today, you're going to miss what God has to say to you, not because of me, but because he cares about what you're going to hear. Does that make sense? How many of you love spaghetti? Raise your hand. You love spaghetti and a meatballs. Put your hand up. You love spaghetti. It's good. Okay. All right. Next week, Tuesday night at 630 at Summit Church, uh, our young adults meet at the literally the last Tuesday of every month. We got this thing called Paradox. And we meet there uh, 18 to 35. If you're older or 18 to 30, sorry, if you're older than 30, you can't come. Uh, if you're 30, you can be there. But 18 to 30, if you want to come eat with us, we eat there at Paradox at 6.30. I'm speaking that night at Summit Church in St. Small, uh, St. Paul. Uh, if you walk up to me or any of the staff, uh, my team at Summit, my team at Summit, would you stand up, please? Give it up for this crew right here. If you walk up to any of those beautiful people on Tuesday night, not only will we give you spaghetti, but you need to use a passcode, which is this. I'm going to give it to you, only to you. We're not going to put this on Facebook. We're not going to put this on Instagram. You're not going to get this later on TikToks or Snappy Chatties. It's this code. You walk up to the team and you just say, that's a spicy meatball. If you say that phrase, that's a spicy meatball, we're going to hook you up with some swag when you come, okay? It's a code word. It's like when you're online shopping and you use a coupon code, you just say the word spicy meatball, and we're going to hook you up with some Paradox gear, okay? I'm not going to throw this out into the audience, and it's a medium, so it's not going to fit Josh, but I am going to give it to uh, Isaac, soon to be Pastor Isaac. Come on out. Tuesday night. 6.30 at Paradox at North Central, or excuse me, at Summit North Central, and we will, we will hook you up, and we will journey together um, in God's Word. When I was a kid, Jordans came out, like when I was a little kid. Michael Jordan was this amazing basketball player, but just as is amazing, has really eclipsed his career as the statistics of the shoes that had been sold all over the world. The Air Jordan 1s came out, and then the 2s, and the 3s, and the 4s, and all of these numbers were different models of different Jordans. Well, I wanted them right around the 4s, but my mom, she wouldn't let me get them. Because we'd go into like a shoe store, and my feet would grow by the time we'd left the shoe store. And they were like a couple hundred bucks. They still are. Sometimes they're even way, way more, depending on the J's you get. But the truth is, is I remember wanting these fours. 
And then the fives with the like this reflector sort of like tongue that's in the fives. It's kind of shiny. It, if you hit it with a car light, it, it lights up. They're amazing. I wanted those shoes so bad. Again, Eric, you're growing fast and you can't get these shoes. They're a couple hundred bucks and you're not going to get them and you're going to have to wait. Well, the sixes came out. And the sixes, there was this one Carmine pair. They're like red and white, and they got like, like two little pull tabs in the tongue. And I saw these in the store. I'm like, Mom, Dad, come on. I'm in the middle of this whole mix. I, I, my feet are already size whatever it is at this point, and I don't think I'm going to grow anymore. I want these shoes. Christmas came that year, and we're unwrapping all the presents. We get down to like just a couple left, and there's nothing shaped like a shoebox until mom goes and pulls out a secret present out of her closet. Has mom or dad or grandma or grandpa or whatever your situation, has, has anyone ever given you a secret gift that you didn't see coming? Uh, she pulls this shoebox out, I know, instantly. These are shaped like Jordans. I open up the shoebox, and it's actually a bag of birdseed inside of a shoebox. And then my mom, just like this practical joker, comes and like says, I'm just kidding. Here's the actual gift. And then she gives me, I rip these J's open. I like hold them up like I had just found the Holy Grail. <laughs> the biggest grin on my face. I cried. These shoes were mine. I'd waited so long and I got these shoes. I treasured these shoes. I love these shoes. And these are some Air Jordan 1s right here. These are a pair from my closet. They're 12, 13. Ones run a little small. But is there anybody here that's like a 12, 13? Raise your hand. And you really like Jays, like 12, 13-ish. Okay. Uh, keep your hand up. Put it up all the way. Put it up. Now, keep it up if your birthday's in September. Is your birthday in September? Okay. So you guys in the back, all three of you, 12, 13, Jays, 1s or 2s. Okay, birthday, September. Keep your hand up so I can see it. Hand up. All right, now, like, who's the closest to September 4th? Okay, come on up here, man. What's your name, bro? What is it? Wesley? Hey, Wesley. Give it up for Wesley, everybody. Wesley, come on, man. Take a seat right here. Hey, Wes. You got cowboy boots on, bro. Are those like the Air Jordan Western Edition? Nothing. I love it. Uh, I want to give you these shoes. These are my shoes that I want to give you. And you can sell them. You can keep them. You can give them to one of your buddies. Uh, you can wear them. But I want to give you those J's. Because in seasons of transitions in your life, you got to ask yourself what your treasure is. And this university is going through a season of transition. Your life is going to go through transitions. And in transitions, the question you got to ask is what's your treasure? Transitions ask questions, and one of the ones we have to ask is what is our treasure? Because at the end of the day, man, these are just shoes. You're the treasure. This isn't an Eric Samuel Tim idea. This is a Jesus idea. Give it up for Wes, y'all. Come on, one more time. You can sit down, bro. When I was a kid, I had a waterbed. I loved this waterbed. I don't know about you, but if you have a waterbed, you need to know two things. Number one, you're weird, okay? 
my whole life, I grew up like just sleeping in this waterbed. I was like, good night, mom. I love you. You know, I had the stereo. I'd saved two summers up, $2,500 of my hard-earned money working construction. It was like a component system way back in the day where you stack the amps and the preamps and then like all of these things. And it literally was a stereo that was two grand plus in my bedroom. I was wrestling the dog on the waterbed. My dog, the dog's claw punctured the water. The water goes over to where the stereo is. I didn't realize there was a leak in my room. The water and the electronics, they all mix. There's a fire smoke in my room. And I remember taking that stereo that I had saved for, that I had worked for. And I remember picking it up and bringing that thing and opening up the trash lid and just setting it inside. And that stereo, the thing was my treasure. When I uh, went to North Central here, the administration uh, office accepted my application. I couldn't believe it. Like just all the things that like I thought were going to happen. Like I didn't really see this trajectory of my life in, in this way. But I got to the financial aid office and they were like, hey, man, we're going to give you an extra 3000 bucks for what? To enhance your collegiate experience. Like just like money above and beyond. Yeah, like whatever you would need for that. You got to pay that back. I mean, I know now. But I took the money and I went to Roseville to Guitar Center. And I bought Slash's guitar from Guns N' Roses. Now, not actually the guitar that Slash played, but it was a Gibson Les Paul custom with three P90 pickups, double pearl binding with these trapezoidal inlays. This guitar was sweet. It was black. I called it the Black Beauty. I had a Delta 88, an Oldsmobile. Now, if you don't know what an Oldsmobile is, I want you to think about the largest vessel you've ever seen on the Mississippi River, put wheels on it, that's what a Delta 88 is. It looks like a barge driving through the streets. This thing was so big, you could hit a deer and you'd like never know, okay? It was also teal and it was velour, like the whole thing. And it was amazing. Well, I was in a punk rock band uh, when we were here. That's how I paid for a lot of the school that I had to pay for when I came here. Uh, we sold CDs. Uh, I don't know if you know what those are, um, but they're this little hard plastic thing that you, never mind. Okay. And we were in a band competition at this place called the New Union, which became the Three Degrees, which was all just downtown. And I put this Gibson Les Paul in the back of my Delta 88. And somebody smashed in the windows of that car, took that guitar. I never saw that guitar again. And that thing was my treasure. I mean, $3,000 that I had borrowed fair and square from the federal government. When my wife and I got married, we met at North Central. She's from South Dakota. I'm from Wisconsin. Kind of. Okay. Some of you from Oklahoma. Okay. Anyways, we'll just go through the states later. We got to end chapel. But we were going to make our first purchase. Now, my wife and I have had a kind of a crazy journey, to be honest. And we've gone through a lot of interesting things that God's called us to. Like, he called us recently to, to help Summit Church in St. Paul. It's over a hundred-year-old church. Uh, I pastor that church, and I don't take a salary there. 
and my staff would probably say you sort of pastor the church. But the truth is, is like God's called us to some scary stuff, and we've been just along for the ride together. And one of the things that we've had to do is be wise with our money. Because in ministry, for a long time in our life, uh, and especially in our ministry, there really was none. And so we had to be smart with it. And that's something that a lot of times that maybe you're not taught, but you learn that you need to drive a car that you just can pay cash for. You know, there's all kinds of different things that I have learned like through just making really bad financial decisions and also having people help me make really good ones. But we were going to buy our first car. And I wanted a Volkswagen Golf, okay? A GTI Golf. It's a twin turbo VR6 with a Gretti turbo timer, a short shift diesel kit, you know, kit with new sway, uh, like sway bay kit, coilover where you could drop it down, chop, crop, you know, a KO4 upgrade on the side mount with an intercooler, just basic transportation. Just normal transportation. And she wanted a Volkswagen Beetle. You know what I'm talking about? That, the, one with the, the, the one with the flower vase and the dash? It's basically a rolling, like, like prom bouquet, right? I didn't want that Beetle. It's the lamest car I could think of. So we compromised like all good marriages... We found the middle ground, and we got the beetle. Now, if you're laughing or you get that joke because you're married or you're thinking about it, if you don't, then just really think about it. But we're driving back to our house, uh, you know, from Christmas, uh, and this guy's bumper falls off the, bo- the back of his car, makes a big V in the bottom of our oil pan. All the oil goes out, and that car was, was totaled. What am I saying to you? Why am I telling you all these things? I'm telling you these things because if you're like me, when you get to be 44 years old, you're going to have a whole bunch of stuff in your life that you've treasured. You're going to have a whole bunch of stuff in your life that you've worked for, that you've saved money to get, that you borrowed money at an interest rate because you wanted it sooner or you wanted to live above your means. You're going to have all kinds of stuff that you purchased at a store. Whether it be Jordans or a Luigi, Luigi Vuitton bag. Luigi Vuitton. Luigi is the fake ones in Canal Street in New York. Louis is actually at Macy's. Luigi is in the Caribbean. That's his brother. They work together. They're alike but different. Moving on. Now you know. You're going to have all kinds of things that you treasure. Clothes, jewelry, shoes, cars, You go through the list of all the kinds of stuff that you got or that you don't have or that you kind of want. I mean, your generation talks about this often. Like there's even a whole vernacular of slang that surrounds how you dress with quote-unquote Gucci and drip and all these other things that are probably outdated because I'm 44. You're going to have to draw some of your own conclusions. But you hear what I'm saying? I've had all kinds of things like that in my life. Things I couldn't wait to get in the garage. Things I couldn't wait to get out of the garage. Things I had that got stolen. Things I had that just got outdated. That I sold on Facebook Marketplace or Craigslist. or I donated things I brought over to Goodwill. 
treasures that I've had. You will have that list and you probably, if you're honest, you probably already have had a bunch of things that you've treasured that you might not have even at this point in your life. And when you lose those things in seasons of transition, when you lose those things that you treasure, I want you to know that you didn't lose treasure. It was never treasure in the first place. And we got to wake up to that. Because in seasons of transition, you're going to have to ask yourself, what's your treasure? I'm here as a guest at this school with you today, and there are many things in my life that I once treasured that I don't have, but that stuff was never treasure anyway. Do you ever see a, a hearse, you know, like in a funeral procession with a hitch and then a big U-Haul behind it? There's no hitch on a hearse. You can't take it with you. And yet, a lot of times, what keeps us of moving through seasons of transition in fruit in our life or in a university or at a church is we treasure the wrong things. And this isn't my idea. This is Jesus' idea. And if you have a Bible, you can go to Matthew 6. Verse 19, for the sake of time, I'm not going to go through the entire chapter of Matthew 6, but Jesus says, when you give, when you pray, when you fast, Ecclesiastes 4.12 says a threefold cord is not easily broken. A threefold cord, a rope made of three strands, it's not easily broke. When you give, when you pray, when you fast. Jesus is talking to us how to like remain strong in seasons as his disciples. Jesus says, do not store up for yourselves treasures on this earth. I love what he says, do not store. The truth is, is if you can get it at a store, it probably isn't treasure. Do not store up treasures for yourself on this earth where moth can eat away, where thieves can break in and steal. But store up for yourselves treasures where? In heaven. What's going to be in heaven? Those shoes? Or the one who wears them? I'm asking you the question because we don't ask this enough. What's going to be in heaven? Your stuff or souls? Which? So where should we treasure? What should we do? Where should we store it? Because a lot of times we love storing it in places where moths can eat away, where thieves can break in and steal, where moth can decay. And some of you in this room, you're going to be rich beyond your wildest imagination because God is birthing something in you that is intellectual property that is going to go out of this place and you are going to build a business that feeds families, changes the world, and you are going to have a bank account greater than you could ever even comprehend in the place where you're at right now. You're going to have resources like you couldn't imagine. And some of you are going to have different kinds of resources. But the truth is, when we look at this question, Jesus says, do not store it up on earth, but store it up where? In heaven. For where your heart is, there your treasure is. So can I ask you a question today? Where's your treasure and where are you storing it? Because people are treasure. Don't miss it. Don't miss the opportunity in a transition of the university or in your life or in your career or in your home where you get distracted by the things that aren't treasure. Don't take the bait. They're just shoes. The one that wears them is what treasure is. Where's your treasure? Where are you storing it?
Because I think we got to start asking this question because you're going to come to that moment where you're going to have to decide if I keep what is in my hand, it is the most it'll ever be. Or if I'm going to release what is from my hand to the king, it's the least it'll ever be. Jesus will multiply what you give. If you keep it, it's always going to be five bucks. If you sow it into a person, it's going to multiply into something greater. Where's your treasure? Where are you storing it? Because it's killing the church right now. It's killing the American church. It's killing transitions all over. We all want to get paid. We all want to like pick the job that let that allows us to buy the Louis Vuitton, not the Luigi. We want those fresh kicks. We want that drip. We want that stuff. We want to like have all of that thing. And all of that stuff is great. All that stuff's beautiful. It's all important. It's all art. It's all style. It's all design. But it's not treasure. So don't buy the lie. Because what's happening is best understood in a story. In seasons of transition, where's your treasure? There's an old man who had a yard. These kids always would play in the yard. Couldn't stand it. He didn't want them in the yard. They would mess everything up. So he said, hey, you can come play in this yard next Saturday. I want you to bring friends. And I'm going to pay every single one of you a dollar. And so next Saturday shows up. Double the amount of kids show up to this guy's front yard. They play, they wreck, they just trash this guy's yard. He gathers everybody up at the end, and he pays them all out, and he says, you come back next Saturday, but I can't pay you a dollar. I can only pay you 50 cents. So they're like, okay, whatever. Next Saturday, more kids come. They all get paid out after they play, 50 cents, and the old man says, hey, next Saturday, why don't you come? Why don't you come on Saturday and Sunday? You can play double if you'd like, and, and you 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 can only get paid a nickel. And they're like, fine. They come back Saturday and Sunday, and they play, and, and then he pays them all out, and then he gathers all of these amazing students. And he looks at them all, and he says, thank you for coming. Next week, you can come play, but I can't pay you at all. To which they all looked at each other and just said, what are, what are we supposed to do this for free? And they never played in his yard again. And I just think that I've seen glimmers of this in the kingdom of God, where you're supposed to sow your gifts, not monetize them. And in your talent and in a transition, you're treasuring the wrong things. Treasure people. What does that look like for you practically today? Well, it doesn't look like we all come down and pray about it. You know what it looks like? You go outside those doors, those doors, those doors. There used to be doors there. And you make sure that you're sowing somewhere. With your time, your talents, your task, your treasure, and your temple, you make sure you're sowing somewhere in a local church. I'll tell you something. If you graduate from this, this university and you aren't plugging in consistently over the time of your tenure here in one church or a local church, you're missing out. You're missing out on everything that God has for you to learn where you're going where you are needed, where you're going where you're 
treasuring the right things where it's costing you something because as you age, as you go through this, I'm telling you, you'll get to a spot where following Jesus won't cost you anything. It'll actually pay you. And then you're following something altogether different. You're not following Christ. You're following the monetization of a Christian industry. And we got to treasure the right things in seasons of transition or we will miss it. People are treasure. Ask the Holy Spirit that question today. Where's my treasure and where am I storing it? And where is the opportunity for me to do that? That's not necessarily summit, but that is in the kingdom of God. God, I pray that in seasons of transitions, we would all ask the question, what's my treasure? In Jesus' name. Before you go, students, I'm going to go one minute over. I went to Africa in high school on a missions trip wearing patent leather Jordan 11s. The Holy Spirit just asked me when I was talking with a pastor, you should give him your shoes. I said, no, these are my shoes. That night we were loading the bus. I ran across the field to take a shortcut only to end up this high in a latrine of human waste. I remember taking off those Jordan 11s and tying them together and putting them on the rear view mirror of this bus as we drove through the red clay of Kenya. And when the Holy Spirit asks you to give somebody your shoes, give them your shoes. The reality is when you keep what you're supposed to sow, that's all it'll ever be. When you give and you treasure in seasons of transition, people, that's the least they'll ever be. That's why I wear Jordans. Because I'm supposed to give them away. Because it costs me something. What's it costing you to follow Jesus? Where's your treasure? God bless you all.